Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Robin Taylor, a.k.a. the Penguin Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Welcome, welcome, welcome to an all-new episode of Geek Vibes Live. I am your host, Juwan, and I am joined with a packed panel today. We have so much to get into, so let me introduce everyone without further ado. First up, Kanan. What's going on, Kanan? Not much. It's uh, another Sunday. The Titans suck, uh, but Halloween was phenomenal, so the weekend was not lost. Yes, uh, we all knew the Titans suck, so that's not news to anybody. Anyway, Nick, what's <laughs> going on, Nick? <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. The only thing that sucks more than the Titans is the Tennessee Vols, but uh, <laughs> at least uh, at least there was a good movie for Kanan to enjoy the weekend. <laughs> Absolutely. My Patriots almost lost to a Hail Mary to the Bears, so I almost had a horrible Sunday. Thank goodness. Anyway, Dane, <laughs> what's going on, buddy? Football, 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 sports. All right, and that's a sports update from Dane. Thank you, Dane. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to actually kick it back to Dane. Um, Dane, and, uh, Dane is going to introduce our topic for Halloween, uh, speaking of which, thank you. Um, we're going to get into our spoiler review of Halloween. Um, I actually have not seen it yet, so I'm really excited to see what the guys have to say about it. Dane, I kick it right over to you, man. Well, you know, there's certain movies that come out and you have a lot of hope for um, in the sense that they're, they're, they're taking – they've got big shoes to fill, basically. And I think with Halloween – that is exactly the mindset that most fans of the original and the series, for all of its faults, uh, were, were hoping for. Um, some of us liked the Rob Zombie movies. Other of us were more bright uh, and realized how horrible they were. Um, and, uh, you know, throughout the whole entire thing, I, the, the main thing, no matter how bad they got with, with uh, 4, 5, and 6 and Rob Zombie's versions, if you liked them or not, in all seriousness, that, that was up to whatever – I think that we can all agree that it hasn't been as good as it was with the original film. And so me and, and, and Kanan, um, and, you know, we're able to go see this movie. Uh, we, were, we saw press screenings on Tuesday, I believe. Monday's Monday together. Either way, it was before the film came out, and I went and saw it again with my boss Saturday uh, because I liked it so much. But um, once again, we're going to be giving a spoiler review. We're going to try to go through this rather quickly, uh, give our likes, our dislikes, and just give an overall uh, feel for the movie itself. Um, but uh, I'll let Kanan start off. Hey, Kanan, just uh, introduce some of the things that, you know, uh, what, what stood out in the film and some of the things that you really liked about this film. Oh, man, we're going to start with what I really liked. Let me start out with what I didn't like first because there's not a whole lot, so I can get through that pretty quickly. Um I mean, honestly, there's not a lot I did not like. I think the only thing I really disliked about this movie was the uh, the little twist with his psychiatrist. Um, I thought the movie would have been superb without that. Like, I, I think it's superb anyways. But I think they could have just, like, took that out and no one would have cared. 
Um, I really don't understand the little twist. Um, it, there was not really much payoff um, once you find out what happens to the doctor at the end anyways. I know this is a spoiler review, but I, I'm trying my best to not spoil too much since Jawan hasn't seen it. Uh, but that whole the whole doctor thing, the whole little twist there, I, I feel like they could have just deleted that and you would have had a really good movie. Um, now, to what I liked about it, um, it felt very nostalgic. Um, there are several nods to the first three Halloweens, not just part two and part three, but there's nods to part one. Um, I even saw some nods to Rob Zombie's Halloween. Um, I, I think they may have tried to get some nods into other Halloweens, um, you know, because whether you like them or not, they're fans of every movie out there. Even the worst ones, there are people that love Resurrection. I don't like Halloween 3, but there are people that love that movie. Um, so I thought that was cool for them to tie everything in. Um, I like that they that there's gore in this movie, but it's not blatant. Uh, you do see a lot of the kills off screen, uh, the aftermath, but I thought that was fine because you don't, you know, the first movie um, did very well uh, with that. It was more kind of coming out of the shadow, stealth killer no, not really over-the-top gore. Um, I thought that Jamie Lou Curtis was the best she's ever been. Uh, this movie was uh, very empowering to women, uh, just kind of, you know, it was kind of like a, a girl power type movie. So, I mean, this movie is really for women as well. I mean, uh, they kind of like delved on how they really made each other, how Lori and Michael really are both monsters in their own way. They've, they've, he created her, but, you know, she's kind of created him because he's got this drive to finish what he started, and she's got this drive to finish what he started. Um, and so I thought the acting was well done. Um, that newcomer, the, the daughter, Allison, uh, you know, she didn't have a huge role, but I think in the sequel, I think she's really going to have um, – uh, you know, more of a role because I don't really see Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. I think they're going to take the franchise in the direction of the uh, um, of the daughter. Um, the soundtrack, John Carpenter went above and beyond uh, on the soundtrack. The soundtrack was the best ever. That theme where he's chasing Allison down the street, uh, if you can see it in a Dolby Digital uh, Theater or a Big D Theater, uh, go see it. I mean, it just resonates off the wall. It's so loud. It's It totally captures that scene. Um, but, I, I mean, I loved it. I mean, I, I really can't. I did a little uh, rundown after the movie, um, and I gave it a 4.5 out of 5. I mean, it's definitely one of my top movies of the year. Uh, and I know the first one is the best. Everybody puts it up there. But, man, this movie was really good, dude. I mean, it's, like, almost up there, like, my favorite Halloween uh, of all time. I definitely want to go back and see it a few more times uh, before I make a final judgment. Um, I do think the pacing was a little slow. But, man, when it picks up, it picks up. I mean, it's, like, full-blown. Michael's just a shark, and he doesn't stop until the end. Uh, But, you know, overall, great movie. Yeah, and I, I completely agree with you, man. Uh, I I think that it sucks that they kind of had to take out the second movie. And to refresh my memory, uh, even though I've seen this, the first movie a bunch of times, I watched the first two. Those, those, the first three 
Well, I don't know if the third one did. I think they all had involvement with John Carpenter, and the original idea was with the third one was to take it in different directions outside of Michael Myers. Obviously, the third one tanked, and that's why they went back to the well with Michael Myers and just started doing a whole bunch of craziness. Uh, but I think this one is really the best one since the first one. It's an homage to the first one for sure, very much how we're seeing with, with Star Wars taking you know, approaches with their new series to A New Hope and um, the direction that it seems like they're going to be doing with the Terminator franchise. Uh, it's basically saying screw certain movies that didn't work or screw a certain format that didn't work. We're going to take it back to the basics and revitalize this franchise. And I think that Danny McBride and uh, I forgot the director's name, but everyone that was involved uh, in the production um, and writing it, did a great job. I will say that one of my, and I agree with you, the other thing's a big twist with the uh, doctor. Just thought that was kind of dumb and out of nowhere. My other big, just small nitpick would be you could tell some of the scenes that Danny McBride wrote. Um, it, you could tell his humor, and some of it kind of was a little bit opposite of what was going on. Uh, but it worked out great with that uh, babysitter, you know, scene oh, her God, and the kids. Yes. With the kids' uh, dialogue was hilarious, and I loved it. Um, that whole scene, I, I thought that was one of the best things, uh, was her babysitting him, her boyfriend coming over, Michael Myers obviously being an interaction between all of them, and just going from there. I, wanna, I have to mention Judy Greer did a great job like she normally does. She's always very much a, a – not a side character, but someone that's, you know, a uh, – I forgot what the – a supporting act, actress – in a lot of movies, and there's a part in the movie where you may, they make you think that she is completely within fear, and then she snaps it, and it's like, yes, okay, that's the direction, because it, it's a little bit annoying, because she starts getting, like, like sniveling and, and, and freaking out, and it was all just an elaborate trap, basically. I also think that um, Will Patton, he always shows up, uh, whether it be Fast and the Furious or all the way to this movie, you know, he always plays a good role, and he plays the role of the, the police officer, basically. Um, I just thought it was great. Uh, the other Loomis, uh, he had good parts. I just didn't like where they went with him. Um, but I thought that the movie itself, a lot of people I've seen compl that complain about it, thinks that they should have concentrated more on Lori and her family and not really gone to more of the kids' aspect, the modern horror things. I disagree with that. After watching the first one, it was about a bunch of, horny teenagers trying to, you know, certain ones. He was the babysitting Like, you know, they're trying to hook up the houses. Michael kills uh, four of them, uh, you know, throughout the whole thing. And that's, that's the premise of the first movie. So I think that they did an homage to that. And also, I like that part where Allison is holding the knife at the end. Like, I don't know if that means that she's, she doesn't believe that he's dead or she's turning into her grandmother, basically, uh, you know, she's going to have that same she, – she doesn't even know that the people that died, so, most of them were her close friends. So it's going to be a traumatizing experience. Uh, we're already going over spoilers, but I will say that the after credit part, if you stayed around for it, apparently was Michael Myers breathing. I didn't even know there was an after credit scene. I thought that's only a superhero thing, but apparently here I'm breathing. I don't know what that means. We never saw the body. They're probably going to keep on going with it. I think that they have potential to do a better job than um, – other people in the past were doing a sequel to it. But over, you know, all in all, I thought it was a lot of fun. Probably the best horror movie you're going to get. It's, it, it is, it was last year, basically. Uh, it's that great horror movie. 
that you should definitely yeah. go check out. Enjoy it. Have a good time. Eat some popcorn. And the vi- the visuals are the thing that really harkens back to, to Carpenter. Carpenter was a big um, uh, Alfred Hitchcock fan. Uh, he understood how to create tension and drama within just a shot. And there's a great scene that they even showed at Comic-Con of just a one shot of, you know, following Michael Myers on a kill spree. And it's amazing. Uh, they did a lot of that stuff. And I really appreciate it. Big fan of the Halloween series. Halloween's one of my favorites. So all in all, I gave it a four out of five. I loved it. And uh, I'm probably going to see it again, possibly, uh, before this Halloween is over. So that was the uh, the news, and we went over sports already. So back to you with the weather, Jovan. All right. Uh, I will say, uh, as you guys are going over, it got me super excited to see it myself. And I will say, this first Rob Zombie um, Halloween movie, I did enjoy a lot. Um, again, I will say, um, I think the main reason why I enjoyed it so much is because I didn't see the um, the original one. So it was my first time seeing a uh, Halloween movie, um, and I thought it was a really unique take uh, for where they were going, uh, showing him as a kid, kind of what he went through and everything like that. Um, but after seeing the original one, I'm kind of like, yeah, I don't think I think those movies are as good as I thought they were um, before seeing the original one. So uh, hearing what you guys are saying definitely makes me want to go see the brand new one. Um, so that's definitely something I have to put on my list to make sure I go out and see. So thank you very much, Kanan and Dane, for the Halloween review. Um, but we have some TV talk to go into, a lot of news for TV drops. Uh, let's start with the most confusing one. Um, last week, we got the official word, Iron Fist, with Ken. Uh, we were getting no more Iron Fist. Um, a lot of us are kind of like, oh, you know, we saw it coming, blah, blah, blah. Even though a few of us were like, we really enjoyed the second season. Um, so Netflix said, how can we double down with just ruining everyone's week? I know. We'll cancel Luke Cage also. Um, so it's just been really stressful. I don't know what Netflix is um, is doing. Uh, I guess they kind of go off the views, even though Luke Cage apparently was canceled due to creative differences. Um, so, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. I, I don't know what to say, man. <laughs> what are your thoughts on Luke Cage now getting the boot? Um, it sucks. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Iron Fist last week, and, and, you know, you and I were, and Joel, were all excited to see, you know, where, where they would, we're going to take it for season three. And, you know, we were optimistic that maybe they could tie it in, uh, tie Danny's arc loosely in with season three of Luke Cage, um, setting up heroes for hire. So, I mean, my first thought was, well, maybe we can just tie both of those characters together for heroes for hire. Um, just kind of having essentially, I mean, we're not going to get what we were going to get, but maybe we can find, um, some kind of, uh, at the very least, quick resolution to, you know, what where these characters are. Um, they do a good job a lot of times, too, uh, in, especially uh, in Daredevil, um, of, you know, jumping back to the past to explain um, what a character is going through in the present. Maybe they could, you know, do it, you know, kind of take it that kind of route so they don't necessarily have to start Heroes for Hire with, 
where they ended off in the last two. They can go like start it at a particular place and fill in the gaps and go back and, and bring you up to date, you know, throughout the the show. But I'm really hopeful that that's what we get because, well, for several reasons. One, those characters in season two of Luke Cage work so well together, and that was like the first time that I really was like, all right, I I I, I like this version of Danny Rand. I really like this version. Um, so. I would like to get a lot more of that, and, you know, I think, I I just think that would make a lot of sense to me if you can, you know, obviously there's a lot of overlap in the bases that watch uh, Iron Fist and that watch Luke Cage, but if you made a Heroes for Hire show, I'm sure you would get all of that overlap, plus the people who maybe just watch Luke Cage or maybe the people who just watch Iron Fist, you know, your, your casual viewers who aren't you know, like us, and and pretty much you know follow all of them. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's shitty news regardless because you know we don't have any confirmation right now that um, that's going to lead into Heroes for Hire. Um, and there's been a lot of speculation going around um, about perhaps the Disney streaming service picking up those characters. And frankly, I don't want to see that happen either. Um, I would rather just get a Heroes for Hire show on Netflix because I want these characters. They've built a whole world together with these characters. I don't want to see them go off and and be like a separate thing and not have the interactions that they could possibly have with Daredevil and Punisher and what would that mean for Claire. And there's just a lot of questions that that would um, that that would kind of present um, if you're going to have shows like Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and Punisher go forward. Now, it also begs the question, are those shows going to go forward? Is there something happening that we're not aware of um, that is, you know, the actual reason why these shows are being canceled? Um, there's there's no evidence other than speculative evidence at this point in time that, that points to that. But, of course, you know, there I'm sure are people all over Twitter who are who are wildly speculating on that. Um, Kane and I'm sure you can um either back me up or, or, or not in that um assertion. But yeah, I mean I it, it it's it's a lot of things are in flux right now with, you know, the Netflix universe and after seeing uh both, you know, Iron Fist season two, um Luke Cage season two, I liked both of those. Um, and especially after seeing uh, all of Daredevil season three, like I, I just I don't want this this MCU uh, MCU Netflix universe to end. Like I don't want it to end. I don't want it to be uh, relegated to three shows. When like e- even as of now, you could do four or maybe even five with Daughters of the Dragons. Um, so I don't know. I, it's very disappointing though because I was very interested in seeing. Um, you know, where both of these characters were going to go and hopefully leading into Heroes for Hire. So I'm just, I'm frustrated, but still cautiously optimistic that we're going to get Heroes for Hire um, and that where these characters left off will be explained within that. Yeah, I mean, I think my biggest issue with the idea of that is um, it's, it's too much story to condense within even just flashbacks. Like, I, I still wouldn't be okay with that. Um, I mean, you well, yeah, like I said, there's no there's no way that we're going to get what we were going to get. Right. I'm just thinking, yeah, I'm just thinking, like, 
some kind of general synopsis of it. Um, obviously, a lot of stuff's going to have to change to pull that off. But I think right. if they um, if they go into it with a with a good outline of how they can tie it all together and just like a good story for you know those two characters, um, you know to to move forward with, um, I, I think they'll be all right. Yeah, I mean it's just this way Iron Fist and Luke Cage left off. There's just so much more story to tell. Um, and what's the most concerning for me is uh, the cancellations for both shows are too drastically different reasoning. Um, right. So it's not even just like oh we're doing a whole overhaul because like no one watches these shows. Like Luke Cage apparently was canceled due to um, creative differences. Um, and that's just, to me, it's just really hard to believe because it seems like Netflix always gives them creative control. So it's like, what were, what was Luke Cage, the show, trying to do that Netflix was just like, nah, we, we can't let you do that. We want you to go this way. Um, you know, so, I mean, that, that begs the question. I'm sure that's an answer we'll probably never get. Um, but the, the good side of the idea of a Heroes for Hire is, if you tell me that I can get a Davros, and um, Bushmaster team up versus Iron Fist and Luke Cage, completely signed me all up for that. Completely yeah. signed me all up for that. That just has huge ratings written all. If the fans don't rally behind that, I just lose faith in fans. Like fans then can't complain anymore about anything. Um, because you've been begging for Heroes for Hire. If you then get it, you have to support it. <laughs> so it's like, right. I don't want to hear this. Oh no, I didn't really, you know, I didn't really want to watch it. I didn't really like Iron Fist season two. That like, no, you can't do any of that if you were crying about having Heroes for Hire. Support it, share it, tell everyone and their mother to watch it. Um, but, I'll also uh, say this just go real, ahead. real quick before, yeah, yeah, go before ahead. you move on to Dane. Um, without any sort of spoilers or anything, the other thing too that kind of had me slightly concerned about just the whole Netflix. Um, Marvel Universe in general was kind of the way that um, that uh, season three of Daredevil was bookmarked. Like, um, yeah. it certainly leaves leaves story to go ahead, but it also felt like a like at least for me, it felt like a a, a spot of conclusion. Like it could be if you needed it to be. Um, so that right. was kind of like the other thing um, to me. Whereas you know, like if it if it had ended with just like oh well, shit, like this. This is like it ended on a fucking cliffhanger. Like we gotta know what happens next. Um, you know, I I, w- I probably wouldn't feel as nervous about that. Yeah, after finishing that too, um, my my first initial thought was because I know a lot of people are saying like, oh, what happens with Jessica Jones now? Like that season's already done, or, or yeah. if not done, they're wrapping it up. So that season's going to be released because Netflix already spent their money to make the show happen. So it's going to be released. Now the question is. Will it end with a con- like a full-on conclusion to where it's like, well, you're not like, oh man, what's going to happen in season four? Or are they continuing? Because the first thing I thought was when Jessica Jones got um, picked up so quickly was I thought they didn't want the onslaught of ca- of their first cancellation being their all-female show. So I was just like, okay, well, they're like, they're going to green light that, see how Iron Fist goes, green light that, see how Luke Cage goes, green light that. Then they cancel Luke Cage, cancel Iron Fist. So now I'm just like, all right, is this their opening now to wait to see after season three to then cancel Jessica Jones? Or because it's like, don't tell me that you're going to carry on 
who just daredevil Jessica Jones and Punisher. Then it's just like, all right, well, something just doesn't it doesn't make sense there. Um, so basically, it's like, like so basically, it's like, okay, guys, like. First we cancel the white guy, <laughs> then we'll cancel the black guy, <laughs> then we'll cancel the girl, and then we're going for the woman. Anything. Right? I mean, yeah. It'd be, it'd be just as confusing as DC going. Yeah, we're just going to continue with Aquaman, Wonder Woman, and Shazam. Like that Batman, Superman, Green Lantern guy. Don't worry about those guys. She's like, wait, what? It's an incomplete universe. Um, but Dane, let me go to you, brother. Um, what were your thoughts on Luke Cage being canceled? Um, and, and you know, do you kind of go with where me and Nick were going on? Heroes for Hire obviously being the obvious step, or do you think they might just scrap it all and just possibly just continue with three shows that we know still exist? Well, I'd like to first say that I would love to talk to Cheo to see. I mean, I don't think he would tell us, obviously, because there's a lot of legal factors in it. But the whole creative differences, I wonder if they were like, hey, you got to make Danny Rand fully a part of this, you know, this next season of Luke Cage. And that was something that they didn't want to do because it was changing the story development of what they were going for. That's something that's just speculation completely. But, you know, being a creator, having to be forced with, you know, changing up something completely different to, like, cater to two people with a storyline driven to two people, that might be a pain in the ass. Um, I don't know that for a fact or anything like that. I do know, and I'm glad that uh, it was John Campia on his show cleared this up for me, that... Netflix is the one who's in charge, you know, until their contract runs out, they are the ones who are in charge of having the characters on, you know, their streaming platform. So D- or DC, Marvel can't pull them uh, from them. They get to, you know, if they drop a show, drop the character, obviously, if they don't do anything with it, it will revert back to Marvel in that sense. But if Daredevil's doing well and Punisher's doing well, they're going to continue because that's just how it works with their contract with them, which I don't know why Marvel continues to do stuff like that because of all their movie past, but whatever. Um, so Jessica Jones, they're definitely going to have another season. Do I think – I just don't know how any of these shows don't get enough viewers to, you know, stay on, their, on, the, on the Netflix network. I, I, it doesn't make any sense. I would feel like it would have such a, a big fan base, you know, that – Especially Luke Cage. That, to me, is just crazy. But for whatever reason, you know, with, with, with if Iron Fist goes because of lack of popularity and lack of viewers, I have no idea what the numbers are, but I could see potentially Jessica Jones suffering that problem after the third season. Um, and with Luke Cage, if it's more creative differences, I could see the reason of them trying to force, you know, the creative behind Luke Cage into kind of a corner to add Iron Fist into the season itself. It's just, you know, Netflix has so much money. I mean, they have so much money that even Disney was like, well, fuck, we need to do what they're doing with this whole entire streaming thing to make some billions of dollars. I mean, think about that right there. So Netflix is this monster, and I guess they're getting picky about what they want on their programming. Now the question is, are they going to do Heroes for Hire? I don't know. I, the thing is, like, you know, who's going to be the creative direction behind the show itself? Uh, and are they going to think that trying to put money into a new television show on their streaming will be a good idea and will actually make money when the two characters themselves couldn't? Maybe, maybe it would, or maybe we're not going to see that and we'll eventually see the two characters on the Disney streaming app with a new show that kind of doesn't go too much into the past, 
with the same actors potentially. I have no idea. I'm trying to be optimistic, but it's extremely weird that all this went down in the first place. Yeah, no, I completely understand. I, I would say the the one difference I, I could think of, Dane, and this is just obviously just obviously just me throwing things at the wall hoping it sticks. If and when the contract does expire for these shows, like all of these shows, um, if Netflix doesn't decide to work out a deal to at least keep Daredevil or Punisher or whatever, and it does go to the Disney streaming service, um, I do see Disney work to where at least um, they expand the world. Like I think what Disney might do if they get the – you know, if the contract runs out, I think Disney might do something that completely catches us off guard, like start a whole new universe with the characters we've been waiting to see, like a Moon Knight, like a Ghost Rider, like maybe a Blade. And then having something like, let's say they do like a team-up um, season, right? Like Let's say they incorporate those three characters, have them have their own individual seasons, have a team-up. I think we could have something end in that team-up uh, season where it's a, uh, it's a nod that Daredevil exists, Punisher exists, Luke Cage exists. Um, and then if the reception is huge, they're like, all right, cool, bring them back. Um, I don't think that if Netflix is completely done with all these shows, I don't think Disney jumps immediately and starts launching these shows right back. I think Disney will force no. the fan base to demand it. Um, and I think the best way to do that is to give us something we've never seen, uh, which is a Moon Knight. Give us Moon Knight. <laughs> we've never seen Moon Knight. Give us Moon Knight. Bring back Ghost Rider, whether it's Reyes uh, that we saw in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. or it's the one we saw from the Nicolas Cage movie. Um, and Blade. I think Blade is better oh, served sure. in a series-long uh, format rather than movie. I think you could even get Wesley to come back for the series. Um, I think that would be the best thing to do if you're Disney and you can get the, the Netflix Marvel characters um, and then have it end to where either they come in contact with Matt or they come in contact with somebody or it's just a head nod that they even exist. And then the fan base will go crazy. Because think about it, it'll be, it'd be years from now, like at least a year or two from now. Um, and the fan base would demand it enough to where Marvel would go, all right, cool. I mean, because one thing we do know, Dane, and this is why I'm saying I'm hoping this sticks, Kevin Feige does hear what we what we like and does find ways to incorporate it um, through the films, like certain things, certain characters, certain uh, abilities, stuff like that. So I don't think he would ignore how fans no. were receptive to characters like what Daredevil. What we have to worry about, though, what we have to worry about, Juwan, though, is if the contract, like, all right, think about and what they had with uh, Gotham and the fact that they had they could be the only people that you know did Batman related television stuff they had the rights to that themselves for some reason DC made that you know uh, exclusive with them but now we're having not to worry about that because Fox is getting dissolved creatively into Disney and now Batman Bruce Wayne can go back television to whatever it goes back to Warner Brothers if Netflix is making money off of especially Daredevil They'll keep on pumping out seasons. I just wish that we did know the details to the contract, but if it's something like that, that Fox had with Gotham, they can continue making those episodes, and it might be the, to the point where Daredevil and maybe Punisher are just left, but they'll keep on making the seasons because people actually watch them, unfortunately. so. But I think the other ones will eventually go to the Disney app and else with them. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with anything you just said there. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that I don't want is if Daredevil is the exclusive show that they keep, like let's say they do a season two of Punisher because we know that's done also, um, and then they cut even the Punisher and they cut Jessica Jones. What I don't want is I don't want for Daredevil to grow stale. And what I mean by that is it's refreshing knowing that it's part of a bigger universe. So it's like you can expand, you can kind of draw out things, um, I, I don't want them to just force Daredevil on it. Like, it's organic because it's part of a universe, so it flows. But if it's the only thing, I could see Netflix like, all right, we're going to pump out, like, eight seasons of Daredevil. It's just like, all right, you might end up going a season too many. Um, so, I mean, obviously they haven't let us down or even remotely close to it with what we've gotten so far with Daredevil. So, obviously, I have no way. I, I'm pretty That's much grabbing true. this out of nowhere. Go ahead, I'm sorry. That's very true, and I think that one thing I wasn't thinking of is that, well, it just depends on the almighty dollar, but Netflix as a company, as a production company, they have integrity, and they're not going to have something like a, like a Supernatural, and if you're a fan of Supernatural, that's fine, where they have like fucking 15 seasons. They're going to want to stop it at a good point just to have a good series from start to finish. I think that that's always been their dynamic, so... Who knows? Yeah, I mean, I will say the most dangerous thing about that, Dane, is because Daredevil has not had a bad season to date, picture if they if the seasons just keep getting better and better. Like, Netflix isn't going to say, oh, man, people are loving this. All right, we're going to end it soon. And they're just going to go, all right, are you going to keep watching it? Sure. <laughs> Let's keep pumping more out. Um, so, I mean, that's also, like, the biggest thing. I mean, I think – I mean, that's what CW was facing Supernatural, albeit I think it's at least like 30 seasons uh, too many. People keep watching it. <laughs> so it's like we have reasons to keep making Supernatural seasons. So, I mean, it's just one of those things, like you said, we have to wait and see. We don't know. We don't know anything. <laughs> and it seems like Netflix nor any of the creators uh, are telling us anything. So we're just going to continue to know nothing. Um but, Kanan, uh, what are your thoughts, man, and, and how do you see all this starting to unfold? Like, do you see Punisher and Jessica Jones uh, as the next next heads on the chopping block, or do you think it was just these two shows and they're going to continue with those three characters? Uh, I mean, I don't I, – I think I could understand – Iron Fist, because I just don't think they had the numbers. Uh, they didn't really have the numbers the first season, uh, and then critics panned the second season, even though, uh, you know, fans thought that, that it was an improvement over the uh, over the first season. I just don't think there was much interest there. The, whole, the, the one show that does get me is the Luke Cage, uh, but they did come out and say there were some behind-the-scenes, you know, creative issues. Uh, we don't really know what those are. Uh, but Netflix, I guess, felt that they could, you know, uh, cancel that show. Uh, they're definitely riding the coattails of Daredevil. Uh, and as you just stated, it's been their best show uh, for the last three seasons. And this season, you know, for a lot of people, uh, it was the best season that they've had so far. Um, Punisher had a really good first season. Um, you know, we know that they've got season two in the can, so we're going to at least get that. Um and then, of course, you know, like you said, they did – they really did uh, greenlight and start filming season three of Jessica Jones pretty quickly. 
so, I mean, there's a good sign that we're, we're still getting that. I, I think as long as those shows perform well, uh, I think we'll be, uh, you know, I think everything's going to be fine. Um, those, uh, you know, uh, Mike Coulter and Finn Jones, they're still under contract. Um, I think you're still going to see them pop up, um, you know, in upcoming seasons uh, of shows. There's still a chance that we could get um, the heroes for hire. But I am glad that uh, Dane mentioned the stuff with Campy because I've been talking to a lot of stupid people online who just don't get it to think that Disney's the one that did this because they want to bring their show to Disney Play. And uh, it's already been stated that Feige is going to run the Marvel shows on Disney Play, and they're going to be MCU spinoff shows. They're going to be more tied. I know everybody says that the Marvel Netflix shows are tied to the MCU. They are, but not really in Feige's mind. These are going to be actual spinoff shows of characters uh, that we've seen that haven't had a whole lot of screen time. I think if Disney does eventually get the rights back, I think you would see those shows on Hulu. So you would see, you know, Heroes for Hire and Luke Cage and all that on on the Hulu because that's where they have Runaways. So I think you would see them take that world and create their own world on Hulu. Um, But I agree with Moon Knight. I mean, where does Netflix really go with the Marvel series? I mean, they can't ride just Daredevil and Punisher. I mean, I would like to see Moon Knight. You know, they could even do Blade. I mean, I I think there's still a lot of options there. Um, But Netflix isn't just necessarily Marvel. So, I mean, even if they canceled all the shows, it's not really a a slap in the face to, um, to Netflix. I mean, they're still making billions of dollars. They just added seven, I think it was seven million more subscribers, or maybe, I don't remember what the number was. It was a huge amount, uh, you know, this year already. So, I mean, the whole, uh, you know, acting like Netflix is tanking because of this, I, you know, I don't get where some people are coming from on that. I mean, it is shocking, like I said, for Luke Cage, but, um, you know, Daredevil and is their is their main guys, you know. They they proved this season they don't need the other characters to make it work. They're doing fine just telling the story of uh uh you know Kingpin and and Bullseye and uh and Daredevil. Yeah, I mean I I will say I think where a lot of those those uh fans that you're referring to Kanan are coming from is <laughs> I think it's Marvel could. They pull these damn shows from Netflix and bring them over there if they could. Contractually, obviously, they cannot. Um, so I wouldn't put it past them. I mean, uh, Nick, I know me and you are a huge Star Wars The Clone Wars fan. Think about how quickly Disney, uh, once they got Star Wars from um, from Lucas, how quickly they pulled the show from Cartoon Network, canceled it, and then fast-tracked their own show for Disney. That was quick. Like, a lot of us didn't see it coming. We were like, what the heck? Like, why'd you end it so quickly? That Disney works like that. So if they can, they absolutely will pull the plug on some shit just to bring it to their own. Um, so I do believe if once the contract is up um, and, you know, all that, that stuff is, is, is figured out, I, I wouldn't put it past Disney to, to fast track, like I said, uh, their own, um, you know, streaming service universe uh, with, you know, obviously newer characters and then bring in those older guys. Um, it, it just, it, it's something that they've, they've shown in the past that they, uh, they're very quick on doing. 
Um, but it's just one of those things where it's like I think a lot of fans that think um, like Netflix is lost without these shows is because fans, unfortunately, have no idea what um, what shows do for uh, avenues. Like they don't know what uh, Iron Fist numbers-wise brought in for, for Netflix. So they're just thinking, I enjoyed it. Why not bring it back? Like, why would you cancel it? So a lot of fans don't go deep into it like we do. They just kind of see it for the, the face value. Um, because if I wasn't part of Geek Vibes and I just finished seeing Iron Fist Season 2, I'd be just as confused. Like, what? <laughs> why would you cancel this? Like, it was really good. Um, so, I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like Netflix, obviously – has its own things, Stranger Things, uh, a whole bunch of different shows, Ozark that I love. Um, so they'll be fine, even if all these Marvel shows do go. Um, but it's one of those things, so like I said before, it just it was really weird how fast they, uh, they greenlit Jessica Jones and how we've heard nothing about it, nothing about when it started filming, nothing about when it finished filming, nothing about the synopsis of season three. We know nothing. Only thing I can tell you that I do know for sure, besides that they actually did start, is that Kristen Ritter is directing a few episodes this season. That is that literally all I could tell. Um, so, I mean, it, it's going to be weird to see where they kind of go from here and what this universe looks like two years from now. Uh, I won't even go that far. Just two years. Um, so, who knows? But Daredevil Season 3 was amazing. Everyone go see it. <laughs> that was freaking awesome. Um, all right, so let's move on. Let's kind of let's get into some more TV news. Um, actually, let me see. All right, um, let's go into Titans just released its episode. Uh, I think this episode, correct me if I'm wrong, Dane, was titled Hawk and Dove. It was a complete episode about um, the two new characters that we've never really seen. I don't think we've seen them even in the cartoon, um, Hawk and Dove. Um, so it was really cool to see Minka Kelly and um, Alan Richson as um, Hawk and Dove. Uh, Dane, I'm going to go to you first, man. What were your thoughts on Episode 2 of Titans? Um, I thought it was awesome. I'm very impressed with the show. It's just, it's, 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 doing, it's doing pretty well. And, you know, I think it was um, Heroic Hollywood announced that it's got a positive review on, it's, it's, it's fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm kind of, you know, jokingly saying that because obviously I, I definitely believe in tomato meter uh, with being able to get a good stance on something, but it sucks that that's something that usually people are like, it has to be like that for the television shows even. And I think what an episode to episode is different with a movie where you're getting a feel of the show as it goes uh, instead of just getting it once. So you got to find out if it's good, but so far the series itself has been, Proved, and uh, the first three episodes, I think, are the ones that have been viewed by critics all the way. Um, well, the second one now we're at, and you know, us uh, for, for us with the actual network. But it was a great episode. I love finding out about Hawk and Dove. Um, I love Alan uh, Richin. I, I, I've really liked him. The first thing I remember seeing him in is, is uh, Blue Mountain State, and then someone was like, Oh, yeah, he was Aquaman on Smallville, and I was like, Oh, yeah. That sort of thing. So he's great. Um, you know, Mick Kelly was great as Dove. It was. It's a very adult approach that I'm, that I'm appreciating. I'm seeing, like I think last week I said, um, uh, I, I said Stranger Things and Daredevil, but I'm also seeing Runaways and I'm also seeing 
even Legion to an extent. And I love this this thing they did with the first episode where they they kind of showed you the four stories that we're going to be going over to lead up, obviously, to all of them together uh, at the end of the series. And this was going back to Raven and Robin and basically Dick trying to find a way to get Raven to a place that's safe so he can find out some more information. And he decides to hook up with old friends, quote unquote, with Hawk and Dove. And there's a lot of stuff between relationships in the past and a lot of stuff happens. It's just, it's, it's a hell of a lot more bloodier and, and, and vulgar just in general than I thought I was going to get uh, with a series like this. Uh, it's taking it as a very mature approach that I appreciate. And once again, it just proves what Greg Berlanti could do with a show like Arrow if he didn't have to make it a melodrama. That's what I keep on thinking, uh, having the actors that they have. It just, he, it's, it's, it's awesome. I'm really happy about it, if you guys can't tell. Um, I would recommend it to anyone who wants to get this work. The first two episodes so far have been awesome, and I hear really good things about the third episode, and I have, you know, hopes that it will continue to go throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, I, you know what I'm super thankful for, Dane, and I don't think this gets mentioned enough because um, I think people for, forgot. <laughs> Do you remember? It was a few years back, I believe. Titans was supposed to be on TNT, um, and the reason why I bring that oh, up is because I don't think they would have been given the freedom that they have if they had done it on TNT. Now I've seen a few shows on TNT that you know, do get a little on the darker side, do kind of have liberties to it, but this needed full-on freedom to, to stretch its legs, and the streaming service gave it that opportunity. But I think a lot of people forgot we almost had it on TNT. Um, and I do not think a lot of the things that worked out so well, um, so far from what we've seen, would have been the same case if that were still the case of it being on TNT. Um, I, I'm right with you, man. I loved it. I loved everything about it. I think the biggest thing I loved about the dynamic between Hulk, Dove, and Robin um, is that Batman was so against Hulk and Dove, and it only made Robin want to run to them more. Like, I love that. I, I, I love that so freaking much. Um, that Batman was kind of like, no, I don't, I don't want you seeing them. I don't want you hanging around that crowd. I want you to come straight home. Like, I love that aspect. Um, the one thing, and I think Joel kind of mentioned this last week that I'm still having an issue with, Dane, is um, Raven to me, and I know I have to give it a full season, so I, I'm not saying this like as this huge issue. It's just bugging me a little bit. She doesn't seem like someone who's half demon. She seems like someone who has a demon inside of her and that like you could pull the demon out at some point and now she's just you know a, a regular person. Like She seems possessed. At moments, and I don't like that. I'd rather it be something that triggers her to use her powers, uh, whether it's anger, whether it's fear, rather than like. Do, do you kind of feel the same way, Dan, or does it really not bother you? Does it seem like Raven is more like fighting a possession rather than her just battling uh, something that's just a part of her? I think it's just her not knowing about Trigon and uh, everything is new to her. Well. Everything that's happened to her, she doesn't understand, you know, and she's so young, and she doesn't know how to perceive it. So, I mean, when you compare it to once she has control of it eventually, which is what I think is going to happen, it's going to be a different Raven that we're more used to from the comic books. But as of right now, we're getting 
She doesn't want to believe she's possessed by a freaking demon. She doesn't know why these cult people are coming after her. She's just freaked the hell. She's a kid, and she's already had a bad life as it is because of whatever, and they kind of baby her because they don't let her know that, well, you know, you're kind of the daughter of a giant demon named Frygon and Nazareth, and, uh, you know, if you kind of use all your powers, you could destroy the world. That's kind of a, a lot to put on a kid. So I'm assuming, like I said, once she has control of it, she will be using, like, the Hulk, basically. She'll, she'll use the demon itself uh, when she needs to because uh, she'll have control is what I think. Yeah, I figured I just need to give it time. That's why I'm not, like, completely flipping out or anything like that. I'm just, I assume I need to give it time, and I'm more than prepared to because the show is so freaking great. But I got to say, before I pass it to you, Kanan, Britain, is Britain not the the most ideal Robin that you could ask for, Dane? Like, doesn't he just completely, like, fit exactly what we've always kind of assumed Robin would be in a universe like this? I think that he is a great Dick Grayson. I will say that, and I can't wait because he's on the cusp of him becoming Nightwing, and I think that's cool. So I love this transition in the comic books of Robin to Nightwing, and I think that he is someone that's doing a great job portraying that transition itself, and he's doing a great job as Dick Grayson. Absolutely, and I can't wait till, um we saw the photos. I, th- I think you saw the photo too, Dane. Uh, they released Entertainment Weekly re- released uh, a week or two ago, or a few weeks ago. I can't wait till Dick Grayson sees Jason Todd for the first time and how that interaction is between the two of them. It just looks like it's going to be so much fun. The, the kid playing uh, Jason Todd looks like he did a really good job as um, uh, portraying Jason. It looks like they went a little bit more comical rather than the uh, the more serious Jason Todd that we got from the comics, especially him uh, at that younger age. So it's going to be fun to see how that dynamic plays out between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, man, I'm completely with you. Uh, second episode was really good. Um, Kanan, I'm going to go to you, man. What were your thoughts on episode two of Titans? Uh, well, I mean, I like, like y'all said, I thought it was really good. Uh, I, I love the, the, uh, Robin's version of the BBS warehouse scene. I thought it was pretty cool, uh, seeing him just come in there and, and trash those dudes. And, and I like the the edgy tone of the show. I, I mean, I like where they're going with it. Uh, I still see some people complaining about the tone, but I just it's just it's funny to me because you know when Snyder created the universe, it had this kind of darker edge to it, and people complained, and so they wanted to lighten it up. But then on their DC, sh- you know, they they come out with this show, and it's like the complete opposite. I mean. Berlanti and all them are just like we're going hardcore. I mean, we're doing, uh, you know, forget laughs and forget joy and all this. I mean, we're going dark. I mean, Robin stabbing the dude in the dick with a pair of shears, and I mean, you don't see the one. You know, you really don't know what happens to one dude. You just see the blood kind of splatter on the window. Um, you know, but you, I mean, you could just tell. I mean, and I agree with you. I think Brenton uh, Dwight is a great. Uh, Robin. I mean, I feel like he's the only character that really is sure of himself, and so I'm enjoying that he's the kind of leader where the other group is kind of coming into their own. You know, like you said about Raven, uh, I don't think it's so much that she's that she's just possessed. I think it's there. It's just like Dane said, she's not willing to accept it. 
so she's kind of fighting it. She's fighting herself because that's really what she is, you know, is a demon. And then, you know, you got Starfire kind of coming into her own. Beast Boy really hasn't taken on that persona. So uh, I love Talking Dove. Uh, I really want to see a lot more of them. I mean, this show's got, a, you know, a lot to build on. And we haven't even got into the Doom Patrol show uh, where they show up. So, uh, no, nah, man, I mean, this was a great episode. It was definitely uh, a builder from, from last week's episode. And uh, like you said, next next week looks uh, looks really good as well. I I'm interested to see where they go with Jason Todd. Um, you know, I just I mean, honestly, dude, I wish like we they were already like working on season two, and we could get it like you know immediately after this because I think this season is just really uh, just going to continue to go up. I don't really see it having any of those episodes where you're kind of just like, eh, you know, this was just kind of a filler episode. I think this is going to be balls to the wall every uh, every single week. Yeah, and funny thing is, I'm thinking so far ahead. Um, I just want Doom Patrol, the show, to hurry up and come out so then we could possibly get Cyborg as part, part of the Titans for season two. Because uh, I believe Jeff Johns did say at Comic-Con that Cyborg is introduced in Doom Patrol, but he is not part of Doom Patrol. So that 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 to me spoke volumes. Yes, he, he he made it very clear that he is not part of that team. He just gets introduced in the show. So that that should let fans know like it shouldn't be too far um, from a cyborg interact with the Titans. Um, so that's what I'm super looking forward to. I also desperately want Britain to get his own uh, show as Nightwing with him stationed in Bloodhaven. Uh, I will never stop asking for that. <laughs> so every time we talk Titans, you guys are going to have to hear me talk about that. I desperately needed those two things. Cyborg, part of the Titans, and Britain to get his own show. Uh, by the way, move, yeah, go ahead, by the way, yeah, I just got to say, um, like, Kanan just perfectly set you up, Dane, because he talked about how he loved the fact that this uh, show has a very hard dick, Grayson. <laughs> He uh, he also he also brought up that uh, Raven's constantly dealing with this thing inside of her. Um, he also said there's there's uh, there's filler there's no filler, um, and then he said he thinks it's going to go balls to the wall. So why don't you take it from here, man? You know that's a good way of going into this, Nick. Uh, guys, the days when you were always ready to go, you know. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, sponsor of Geek Vibes Live and Geek Vibes Nation. Uh, that's blue like the color blue and blue balls, uh, whatever you have problems with, we're trying to help you. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis so you know that it works. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Um, you know, Blue Chew is prescribed online and ships straight to your door in a very discreet package, so no in-person doctor visits, no waiting at the pharmacy, but best of all, no more awkwardness. So, you know, if you and your lady want to put a little extra oomph in the bedroom, if you know what I'm saying, uh, you know, whether it be with a raven or a robin or whatever, Blue Chew 
is the thing to do. All right, they're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com to get your first shipment free when you use a special promo called GVN, as in Geek Vibes Nation. Just pay $5 shipping, and you get that free. Again, Blue Chew, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com. Promo code GVN and try it free. Blue Chew is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring all of our great podcasts. Back to you, Juwan. I will say, Nick, great awareness, man. Uh, Kanan was hitting Dane with setups. Like, he was alley-ooping Dane like crazy. Um, <laughs> so great, uh, great awareness on that, man. Uh, that was a great setup. Kanan was trying to find every possible way to work in balls, uh, <laughs> everything. <laughs> so uh, that was great. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Dane, I was going to ask you, um, before we moved on, did you have anything to add about uh, what Kanan was saying about Titans before we, uh, we leave the topic? I thought we just talked about the fact that I didn't pick up on Kanan when what he was talking about. And I should. Oh, you're talking about the episode of Titans still. <laughs> No, no, that's now that I've made an idiot out of myself and couldn't, uh, you know, take on the simple. I guys, I have the attention span of a laps or, or of a goldfish basically, and I have nothing else to say other than Titans go, uh, except for the one from Tennessee, because obviously Cannon already said they suck. So Team Titans, <laughs> job. Absolutely, Tennessee Titans do suck. Anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's go on to some. Uh, we have a lot of movie news, uh, so let's get into our movie news. Um, <laughs> I know you guys are going to say this is like a broken record, but we're going to group this together um, because we got to take on this headache all at once. Um, it is being reported in a new report, clarifying an old report, mixed in with a newer report. Um, <laughs> Henry and Ben are reportedly out. Um, as their respective characters, Batman and Superman, to pair along with the news of the Flash shooting date gets pushed back. Of course it does. Who needs a Flash movie? I don't know. The entire world has been waiting for it. But, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. Out of the three of those items, and I'm going to divvy it up with Henry out as Superman, Ben out as as Batman, and then the Flash date being pushed back. Which one of those three bothers you the most? Oh, man. That's that's tough. Um, honestly, I would probably say Flash getting pushed back yet again. Um, like, I'm all about them taking their time and just making a good movie, but my patience only, you know, can only go so far. Um, you know, the, the, the Ben and, and, and Henry stuff is, is you know, been reported on for a while now, and we, you know, have all kind of um, figured that that was a possibility. Um, but, you know, Flash getting pushed back yet again really, really sucks, um, you know, as far as those three things uh, are concerned. And you know what? Like, another thing, um, I'm going to – I know Dane hates this. Um, I know – but since you're asking the question, Juwan, um I'm going to take the liberty. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the thing out of all of this that frustrates me the most though, is the fact that um, essentially, like, I don't know if it's because of this or if they're leaving because of the direction 
that uh, Warner Brothers wants to go or because they're leaving Warner Brothers is going this direction, but the fact that they're just not going to focus on Superman and, like, it, it, that seems like kind of the thing that they that has been a driving um, subplot in all of this um, is, is extremely disappointing. Like, dude, Superman is the most, like, iconic character, maybe short of Batman. Like, that's the only character you can make an argument for. Um, and it's like, you know, we're, we're, like, what are we doing here? Like, we're, like, why would you not want to have Superman be uh, a, a, a fixture in, in this universe? And, like, where are you really going to go without him? Like, what? And how are you going to explain that he's not there? There's just... It's just like adding up all of these fucking questions. Like, just get them recasted, but let's see these movies. Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a Batman movie regardless of Ben's uh, involvement because of the fact that Reeves completed the script and reports are that Warner Brothers likes the script. Um, But nevertheless, like, we don't know what the particulars are on that either and whether Batman is really going to tie into the greater universe or if this is going to be a more secluded story so there's a lot of fucking questions and um you know that that probably frustrates me more than anything else yeah and i mean i I think the biggest thing that that confuses me let me not say frustrates me that confuses me nick is like warner brothers is is depending on guys like ezra um henry uh ben i won't count because i think that's more so ben's fault than really 100 percent warner brothers um but just the patience level. Like, if I'm Henry, I'm like, all right, listen, I let you hijack what was supposed to be my sequel to make it BVS, and then to make me more of a backseat to Batman, I said nothing. I played, I played my part. I did my, I did my job. I, you know, I was respectful in the media, whatever. I said nothing. Now it's just like a big middle finger to me that you're just like, nah, nah, we're in no rush to give you a second movie. So wait, what? And then to poor Ezra, it's like, all right, we introduced you. The fans loved you in Justice League. Yeah, you know, we'll get to your movie, man. Yeah, we'll get to it. I mean, even though we had huge uh, huge names interested in directing your movie, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get these other guys, and then whenever we feel like it, we'll, we'll green light your movie. So it's just like, if, if I'm yeah. these actors, I'm kind of just like, why do I even want to be here? Like, like this is right. so frustrating. Plus, plus, like, how hard is it to make a fucking Flash movie? Like, yeah. they've, given, they've given you, like, what, at least four seasons of, like, excellent, uh, like, mainstream television uh, show, like, of, of stuff that you can, like, pick from. You have a fucking slew of comics to pick from. Like, but, like, particularly, like, with the show, like, you can see a lot of what, what translates well into live action and things like that and get a lot of ideas there. I just don't understand why it's that hard for them to come up. The only the only thing that I can think of is because they were originally going to do Flashpoint and then they scrapped that in order, um, you know, to do like a, a solo Flash movie, which is what I would rather see anyway, um, you know, that, that put some kind of detriment on it. But it's like, dude, you can't tell me out of all those writers they got at Warner Brothers, they didn't have somebody working on a, like a, at least a storyboard for like a, a Flash, uh, like a, like a solo story Flash movie. And it's like if you if you have that if you have a good storyboard you hire a good writer and they can come in and take that storyboard take what they like from it and write a really cool script 
it shouldn't take this fucking long to to like really make something work. Yeah, and I think I think the thing I found something that frustrates me. Nick. I think what frustrates me the most is it seems like every day a new a new big name director or writer or whoever yeah. comes out and is like, yeah, man, all Warner Brothers has to do is call me, and you know I, I'm right there to, to to write it or direct it, and it's just like. Hi, Warner Brothers. Like, are you just trying to intentionally piss us off? You have all these people excited to take your product and make them into something huge, and you're just like, nah, man. We're just really not focused on that right now. You know, we just would rather do other stuff like, you know, Lobo and Harley Quinn, Superman, Batman, Flash, Green Lantern. Those guys can wait. We're in no rush. It's just like, <laughs> where's your mindset? Like, I don't get you. You're telling all your money makers to to ride the bench. <laughs> while you're letting, and I'm not going to say Scrubs, because that's not a fair comparison whatsoever, but you're letting these other characters like a Shazam, like Harley Quinn, uh, you, you're kind of putting them to the forefront, and those characters are fine to do, but after you've established Superman, Flash, Green Lantern, Batman, then bring in all these, these, uh, these side characters. But for you to tell your main people to take a back seat is just... I, uh, Oh man, I'm just—it's just so funny. Yeah, it's—it's it's like they're—they're they're not focusing on five out of the seven of their core members of the Justice League. If you're—if you want to include Green Lantern in that, which I think that was the obvious choice for the seventh member of that squad, um, right? It, and it doesn't make any fucking sense. Yeah, and I think the biggest crazy thing is it just doesn't sound like there's any like there's any light at the end of the tunnel. It's just like this no. endless tunnel. <laughs> so it's yeah. Like, that's the most confusing, but um, Dane, I'm gonna go to you, man. Uh, do you agree with, uh, with Nick's sentiment, or what out of the three frustrates you the most? I think it's all fucking frustrating, and uh, <laughs> Nick was absolutely right. It just just pisses me off. It's like, oh, we, you know, Superman. I know we're gonna end the Batman, and that's fine. Uh, it's it's kind of the first one that seemed like it might jump off of this whole entire continuity they built. But Superman, I don't, I, I, don't, the notion that hey, we're we're having Superman just stay out of it because we're gonna do a Supergirl movie. Well, why the fuck can't you put Superman in a goddamn Supergirl movie? It's his cousin. You can't use that as a launching point. I mean, I don't, I don't really understand that mindset. It just seems to me of what they're going for is individual films, but they're doing the opposite. Of what, you know, about what Marvel did. You know, they had these big, they had Man of Steel start off, obviously. Man of Steel led off to a big team-up film, which led up to a big team-up film. And there was other team-up films. And the idea was to have smaller ones branch off. Well, now they're saying, I don't even know if we're going to use all of that. Like, we might have Jason Momoa as Aquaman. And we might have fucking, you know, Gal Gadot as, as Wonder Woman. But we'll just figure everything else Remember the 90s when there was, like, four different fucking Batmans within, like, an eight-year period? Just fuck it. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, I'm very frustrated. I think it's, it's ridiculous. And, and to go back, this comes from Variety, uh, you know, the source itself, which I got into, I'll just say disputes on Facebook with people that, didn't, that don't know the levels, even though I've gone over it, like, 90 million fucking times of people that have the best rep when it comes to stating information and not stating information unless they know the information uh, sort of thing. Variety is number one. They are above, uh, you know, they're above heroic Hollywood. They're above, they're, they're above even the Hollywood reporter. They are number one when it comes to 
And still, and still, even though they are number one when it comes to news and having stuff definitely figured out, it, it's a very vague statement. But the statement itself was, following the box office dis- disappointment of Justice League, Warner Brothers has been uh, reevaluating its approach to making movies based on the DC comic characters. No fucking shit. Uh, the studio is not currently moving forward with Batman and Superman movies featuring Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, respectively. It is expected to recast The Dark Knight with a different actor for director Matt Reeves' upcoming Batman solo outing. Once again, no shit. The studio will be fielding a number of superhero adventures in the coming months and years. It is releasing Aquaman this December, and next year will bring in Wonder Woman sequel with their respective DCEU actor counterparts. The studio also has a Suicide Squad follow-up, and a Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix waiting on deck. And like you kind of said and alluded to earlier, there are directors that are showing interest. Christopher McQuarrie was one of them, and he had a long talk with Collider. If you guys want to check it out, it's on Collider.com. Just stating that he he has an idea. He's talked to Henry Cavill. They both have a good idea of Superman. Uh, It's kind of a mix of the Superman that we got in Justice League mixed with the one that we got in Man of Steel, that transition but a good one that they could project off of. And uh, he said, uh, so I just sit quietly off to the side and people say, hey, would you make a Superman movie? And I just keep responding, well, they know where to find me. They know where to call me, but I don't expect the phone to ring. I don't expect that to happen anytime soon. That it's not really up to him. DC is right now a humongous company merging with another humongous company. And this is Small Fish in a giant pond, that sort of shit. So it's uh, it's fucking awesome, man. I mean, I think we are going to get a, the Batman, get a, the Batman. That sounds so stupid. Uh, movie uh, with Matt Reeves, and I'm excited about it. I just think that what they're doing is, like I said, they're going to set out this solo movie adventure with this character. They might keep an actor that they've already had from Justice League, like a Jason Momoa or Gal Gadot. But if they ever want to do a team-up movie, they're going to pretend – they're going to say fuck it and pick who, who they want from what and whatever is the biggest thing. What, what sucks about this is I don't – besides Ben Affleck and Henry Cavill, mostly – well, I mean, Ben Affleck's done. We don't know about Cavill. I think that we still have some room to grow as far as – it's about us fans projecting if we want another Superman film. I don't know. Maybe it's actually about the general public and the almighty dollar. That's probably really what it is. But I don't know if Ezra Miller will stick around. If he has to keep on waiting for whoever the fuck is going to drive this movie. They had Rick from the UI at one point from Dope, which would have been awesome, but they had no script. They had nothing for him. They had the two guys that, did, that wrote, um, you know, uh, Homecoming for Spider-Man. Uh, apparently they, don't, they can't do it. it. I think The Crow is going to get fucking made before a Flash movie, for Christ's sakes. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't expect Ray oh, Fisher to stick period of time. I don't expect Jared Leto to wait around for a long period of time. If they use them, like Margot Robbie, like your 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 Gal Gadot, and and like your your you know, if they make money and they use them, they'll keep on making other movies. But they're not going to tie them in. They're going to just try to make these solo franchises, and then eventually maybe put them all together. Which means we could get a new Lex Luthor. We could get a new Superman. We get a lot of different things. Uh, they're going to basically throw things at the wall and see what sticks. I think I've said that every fucking time I've described the creative process with DC, which with Hamada, there's good things because I think that he's caring more about movies and directors, which is good, but there's bad things because I think he's realizing even though they built a continuity, it's not worth in some 
places to worry about and put money towards. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm going to say this, Dane. If this Flash movie um, gets pushed back again, and I know we would like to assume that that's not going to happen, but I can safely say I didn't see it coming this time, um, they have to soft reboot. And I think the best way to do that and the best way for um, everyone to understand it is um, make a formal announcement, and then San Diego Comic-Con, um, if it's resolved by then, if not, then you wait to New York Comic-Con or the following San Diego Comic-Con. Bring out a whole panel of the new roster of who you're going into the future with. Because what I don't want is for them to do Wonder Woman 2, do Aquaman and Aquaman 2, do Shazam and then Shazam 2, and then try to tell us, oh, we're rebooting. No, 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 no. That will not work. I will not go for that. Because you've already had us fall in love with now all of your cast. And then you want to hit us now with the, nah, we're going to get rid of everybody. No, 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 no. That shit's not flying with me. Do a soft reboot now. Don't even do the Flash movie. Do a soft reboot for him, too. And then continue with Momoa. Um, can't remember the guy who plays Shazam. Continue with him, and then continue with Gale. Have Gale be the the leading force of the team. Um, and, and then just kind of do a soft reboot to where you're just rebooting either just Superman and Batman or Superman, Batman, and The Flash. Because Ezra, who's a really talented actor, like, you're kind of holding him here. Like, the, one of the reasons it had to get pushed back was because he's now doing another one of the, the Harry Potter movies. These guys aren't just sitting here just waiting for you to go, yeah, we're going to make your movie. So it's just like, you got to do something. And honestly, at this point, we are really tired of hearing about people who want to be there but you're doing everything in your power to make it difficult for them to want to stay. So it's like figure something out so we stop hearing about it and we can focus on you just making really, really good superhero movies. Because at this point, it's just like, all right, just do nothing. Like, just do nothing. Do shows on your streaming service. Do comics. Do cartoons. Just don't worry about movies. You're just, it's too confusing for you, evidently. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's giving me a headache. I'm about to pull out just like a full box of just Advil. Um, Kanan, I'm gonna go to you. <laughs> what out of the three biggest topics between Ben out, Henry out, and then Flash getting pushed back again frustrates you the most? I mean, I'm pretty used to the Flash stuff, and I've kind of already uh, set myself up that Ben is out as Batman. I think the biggest I think the biggest of the three is the Henry Cavill as Superman because you have a guy that is completely devoted to the role. Uh he lives and breathes Superman. He's got a great idea. He just wants to contribute more and you have Warner Brothers just pretty much shutting the door in his face. You know, they're they're they got this whole uh idea that the character is bigger than the person playing him. And that's true. Superman is going to live on longer than Henry Cavill will. But, you know, you've got a chance to carry on with somebody that really wants to be in the role for multiple films. And you're just like, oh, we'll just recast. I get that you're having to kind of uh, recast because Ben Affleck has either just been burnt out with the role, just doesn't want to do it anymore, or, or what, you know, whatever the situation is. But Henry wants this role. He wants to uh, 
to be Superman. And, you know, they're just – I don't get where they're going with this. I mean, DC just continues to make me shake my head at their decisions. Uh, now they do have some some films that are coming out that are getting well uh, – a lot of praise. Um, oh, I mean, Aquaman's getting a lot of praise, but I've heard a lot of good things about the Birds of Prey script. Uh, the cast looks really good. Um, you know, those movies, they're, they seem like they're still within the DC universe that's been established. Um, you know, but they, they possibly, you know, but they are probably going to be more just kind of in a sandbox, um, so to speak, uh, where they're, they're in the universe, but you know, they are their own movie. They, they stand by themselves. And then, you know, you got James Gunn coming in, which, uh, you know, the reports for Suicide Squad 2 is that, this could kind of be a reboot. He may not even, uh, you know, we may be seeing some new characters in that uh, in that film. So we don't know really what's going to happen um, in, in that regard. But, yeah, I mean, I just think it's dumb to let Henry walk away as Superman. I, you know, the Flash stuff, like I said, I would love to see Ezra, but I think that's going to get done. I think they're, you know, they just don't know really – it seems like they don't know where they're at with getting it established. So they're just going to let him uh, finish his time on the fantastic beast movie, which is another Warner brothers production. And then maybe we can get into that. I think they got enough on their plate right now to satisfy fans, but they've got to get something done with Henry. Cause like Dane said, you know, Supergirl is Supergirl and that's fine. People like Supergirl, but he's, she's not Superman. And, you know, you don't have to leave out Superman uh, you know, to make a Supergirl movie. He can make an appearance. Uh, I don't get this bullshit about him not being able to make an appearance in the Shazam movie. I just don't know what's going on, man. I don't know if the whole merger with AT&T has just fucked things up over there or what's going on, but they just they just don't really seem to to get a grasp on how to handle their, their comic book franchise. They do great shows. We just praise Titans. They do great in the comics. They do great in animation. But, man, this this live universe, I mean, it just really hasn't been concrete since uh, Nolan did the Dark Knight trilogy. And I mean, I love Man of Steel, and I, I defend BBS. I did not care for Justice League. I love Wonder Woman. I actually really like Suicide Squad. But those movies just, you know, they – they set up. They didn't set up the universe. I think a lot of people wanted it to, and now they just don't know. It's like they either want to bail on it or they don't. And it's like make up your damn mind, man. Like you said, Juwan, don't go six or seven movies in, and then all the you know with Wonder Woman two and then Suicide Squad two, and be like, oh, we're rebooting. No, man. If you're gonna reboot, this is your time to do it. You know, this is your time to kind of soft reboot and and uh, you know reset everything, uh, but. I don't. I don't know what they're doing. It's frustrating. I tell, you, sure. I tell you what. I tell you what. Warner Brothers, go ahead and mess up. Let Ezra Miller, Ben Affleck, Henry Cavill, Gail Gadot, um, Jason Momoa. Let all these guys become free agents and watch how quickly Marvel finds roles for each and every last one of them. Go ahead. Go ahead and be stupid enough to do something like that. All I'm saying is, you have talent that seems like outside of Ben, that seems like it wants to be there. And I mean, at this point, I'm I'm missing the old regime. At least the old regime was green light and everything. I mean, we were getting movies for for stupid stuff, but at least we were getting movies for it. Uh, they were green yeah. like I said, everything. Well, they didn't really uh, movies. 
part, but... Well, no, I was about to say, their, their movies were iffy, but at least they were getting made. Like, I, at this point, we just want them to get made. I mean, <laughs> I've missed the days where the only thing we were really concerning ourselves with was whether or not Ben was sticking around. I, I'd, I'd rather go back to those headaches than to now worrying about if they're going to blow up everything. I mean, because if you think about it, I do not recall... Um, account, and I have not read them all. So by saying I don't recall means I actually don't remember um, a Suicide Squad team that didn't have Deadshot on it. So if you're completely rebooting, are you keeping Will Smith? Because I find it, like we said last week, I find it hard for, for James Gunn to be able to walk into a room or Walter Hamada and say, hey, Will, like, you know, you're one of the greatest actors of our generation, but nah, James wants to go a different route. Like, I, I, I don't see how that how that well, but, so it's like when you say reboot do you mean a retelling of the suicide squad or do you mean the actors that we saw before we won't be seeing again so there's just so many question marks of things that are just like you can't do that do this at this point where you've given us characters and actors that we really enjoy and now you're just like forget it all we're moving I'm, past. I'm just <laughs> ahead, speculating I'm here I'm just speculating here, but when when I like think about like what Gunn did with Guardians, um, like obviously he he didn't have an existing live action thing to work with, but I mean he he changed a lot from you know the the comics, even the the, the most recent iteration of the Guardians. Um, when he took that to screen, like if you watch, um, if you read some of the uh, like mid two thousands Guardians comics or. or like maybe 2007, 2008, um, they like those characters are a lot different. And if you watch uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes when the Guardians show up, it's the same characters that show up in the movie, but they're way, way different. Especially Peter Quill. Yeah. So like my my thing would be I I wouldn't think he'd be like going in and recasting those those characters so much as maybe changing uh, like personalities. Um, like giving him free reign to do that and picking characters that he wanted to use. So like if he did not want to use say oh, excuse me, say um Joel Kinnaman's uh Rick Flag, like it, he wouldn't have to use that character. Like that character could character could just be off doing something else. Um and he could, you know, bring in um um King uh, Faraday um and have him lead the team. And you know that, and and he could mold that character the way he wanted to do it. Um, so I, I look at it more as that. So you would see a a a, a, a maybe a, a very different roster of characters with only a few of the other characters coming back. I mean, it would make sense that Harley Quinn wouldn't be there, um, you know, because obviously she's off. You know, um, she was broken out uh, at the end of the movie, um, and you know is obviously going to be the fixture in Birds of Prey. Um, you know, maybe maybe Deadshot is there, maybe not. Um, but like that—that's what—that's how I read into it. Though I will agree with you, they don't really like none of the reports that have come out have really made any sort of clarification on that matter. Right, and I will say I completely agree with everything you just said. I completely agree. I would just ask, and again, we did not hear this from James Gunn's mouth, but I would suggest that whoever is relaying these messages. Do not, in the Warner Brothers universe, ever use the word reboot. Ever. Don't ever use that word. Because at this point, 
that is just like the worst possible word to use. Say retool. He wants to retool the Suicide Squad. That's completely fine. Retool them all you want. Reimagine them all you want. That's fine. Reboot to, to some, I won't say to all, but to some means out with the old and with the new. So reboot isn't probably the proper term to use in that sense, especially in a world where we're talking about rebooting Batman maybe or rebooting Superman or rebooting the universe of DC so far. So it's like retooling, reimagining, those words are fine. Rebooting, let's kind of try to stay away from that. Um, but Dane wanted to add one more thing. Go ahead, Dane. Hi! Um, yeah, no, I... Well, the question I have for the three of you guys, basically, and this kind of comes with an idea that I had for if they do another Superman movie, wherever fucking... Whoever directs it, whoever plays Superman, hopefully Henry Cavill, I would like them to kind of do what it seems like they're doing, where, where it's take a story, make it more contained to the actual movie, and not really try to involve themselves too much with the rest of the continuity... Um, with me, I think that adapting All-Star Stu- Superman should have been where they were going in any direction. Um, just taking parts from that amazing comic book made by Grant Morrison, uh, you know, back in the 2000s. Uh, also, there's a movie, if you guys haven't seen it, that's based off the comic. But it just shows you this larger-for-life Superman, very sci-fi oriented, but still that humble, fun Superman that we know. And Morrison kind of based it off of both the Christopher Reeve Superman and also the, the Golden Age Superman, like that more, you know, shucks, I guess, Superman. But the question is, kind of like that, how they have this Joker that's, that's right now, you know, in his own universe, sort of, I guess, or, or the Batman. It, the question for the three of you guys, if they decide to have the movies cater towards the character and make it more solo and more about them themselves than involving the rest of the universe... As long as they don't, kind of like what you were saying, Juwan, as long as they don't reboot, like, you know, they keep Gal Gadot, as weird as it might be, they keep, you know, um, their Aquaman, they, 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 they stay true to that, they keep Margot Robbie as Holly Quinn, whatever works really well, to them at least, they keep that, but they change the rest, and then maybe a couple years down the road, if they decide to do a crisis movie to bring them all together, or say fuck it all together with that, and just do Justice League, and if they just do stuff and put stuff together and inevitably have another team-up aspect but don't really pay attention to the past, would that bother you, or would you be okay with recasting certain people, changing the story dynamic, but keeping what works with people like Wonder Woman and Aquaman, Jawan? Uh, well, the, the biggest issue I have is Zack Snyder had a, had a huge uh, plan set for what he wanted to do with his DC universe. Warner Brothers then went in and said yes to the universe that he wanted to, to, to create. Obviously, they said yes. They let him do Man of Steel, BVS, and then some of Justice League. Uh, my biggest issue is when you saw that his, his telling of the story was not one you wanted to go through with, you should have rebooted it then to make, whether it's a lighter universe or a calmer, whatever you wanted it uh, to do. But let's talk in where we're at now. I would rather you reboot it right now. Reboot it right this second. Say, you know what? After Wonder Woman 2, after Aquaman, after Shazam, we're creating a whole new universe. I prefer that because if you continue and we fall in love with these characters more and more, to then pull the plug on it, 
is a huge spit in the face to not only the actors who are working hard to give us the best stories uh, and best tellings of the characters that they can, you're ruining it for the fan base that has fallen in love with everything you've created so far. So to me, I would... Go ahead, I'm sorry. I think you're misinterpreting what I was trying to say. They decide to just keep, keep, keep Shazam. Wonder Woman does well in the box office. They keep her. They keep Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman. They keep on going with her franchise. They just don't really touch each other, and they reintroduce different people and different story elements as the other characters, like a Flash, potentially like a Superman. Would you be okay with them keeping what works and then replacing what doesn't, not really keeping a shared continuity, but having potential later on to do that? Yeah, okay, yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's fine, but are you still alluding to recasting Superman and Batman, though, right? Like, keeping everything else the same? Yeah, uh, unfortunately, that would probably be the direction. Yeah. I want Cowboy to stay. Well, I want Ben to stay, but both seem, uh, at this point, seem unlikely. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm fine with you keeping what works and then recasting those two. Um, I'd rather it be now so I can start getting used to it. Um, but, I mean, they should have always followed the the plan of having these movies stand on their own. I mean, think about this. DC had, had, a, um, had something Marvel did, and that is three characters, actually, I'm sorry, an entire team full of characters that you didn't have to introduce to the mainstream. Uh, the mainstream. Everyone already knows Superman, Batman, Flash, um, Wonder Woman, uh, probably not Shazam. But, like, they know these characters. You know, they know the, the bulk of these characters. So it's like it wasn't hard for you to sell us on them. So you could have just done solo movies, solo movies, solo movies, kind of have them, uh, you know, come together a little bit. Boom, Justice League. Like, Marvel had to follow a specific formula because mainstream didn't really know Iron Man. Mainstream didn't really know Thor like that. Mainstream didn't really know outside of, like, Spider-Man, Captain America. So they had a larger uh, road to, to go down. But with DC, you had, like, everything mapped out for you. We already know these characters. Just give us good movies. And they somehow still got that all mixed up. But, yes, I'm sorry. To answer your question, keep what's there and then just reboot um, Batman and Superman. Or recast, sorry. Recast Batman and Superman. Yeah, uh, Nick, same same question. Yeah, I mean, I'll be okay with it. I like I don't necessarily completely disagree with Juwan's tangent though. Um like I I mean, I I would be fine. I put it this way, I would be fine either way they went. If they decided just to like after the movies they currently have in production, um decided, "Hey, like that's going to wrap it up and we're just going to start fresh um like with a new Batman movie and that's going to kickstart like everything from here on out." Like, I mean, I would be totally fine with that. I would also be fine if they just kind of keep what works and rope in, um, you know, the, the new elements that they bring into the fold. Um, I mean, there's there's so many different directions they can go with it. And and honestly, like, um, like Juwan's 100% right as far as, uh, like, at how this universe ended up being established, like, and I don't even think Batman vs Superman was a bad idea, like to do that in concept. I just think that the execution um, was off for various reasons. Um, I mean, obviously there was studio interference. Um, there, you know, there was uh, some script issues. There was a, a very, a very um, over elaborate plot that could have been simplified. Um, 
but like I mean I even think that like worked as a general principle. Like when you read the the tagline of that movie, like, you know, Batman, um, you know, after seeing what Superman is capable of, you know, is is fearful for what this God, you know, might mean to the rest of humanity. Like that in and of itself sets up a perfectly fine uh movie. Um and and could potentially introduce Batman into Superman's world where and and you know Lex as well um you know where they lost I think where they like didn't hit the mark was trying to introduce everybody else which they didn't need to do at that point um maybe Wonder Woman but even that was kind of a stretch um but nevertheless uh yeah I mean ultimately to answer your question I would be fine with it I would um probably rather have that than a total reboot though I I wouldn't be super disappointed with that either um but I mean, I feel like they just have so much established. Like, and even though I think they're very hit and miss, and have been more slightly more missed than hit, uh, for for my taste personally, um, every every movie that they've put out has good elements. So they have. It's not that they have um, just a completely flawed universe. Um, you know, I, I would prefer everything to be all nice and neat with a bow on top, but, you know, let, let's not pretend that every single MCU movie has been great. Um, I think they've all been reasonably good. I think even, like, the worst of them, like, you know, Thor The Dark World, um, Iron Man 2 and 3, um, even and like even those movies I can sit down and enjoy watching. Um, they're not painstaking to watch. Um, whereas, you know, when I went back to try and watch Suicide Squad, I was just like, I just, I can't, I, I got like 30 minutes in and was just like, I don't want to watch this. Um, I did, I did go back and rewatch BVS and it was, it's not as bad as the first time I watched it. So there is that, but, um, but they all have good elements. And, and part of that is, is, is this group of actors. Um, and there's so many great roles that have been cast. I don't want to lose all of those. Obviously we wish we could keep them all, but I would rather keep, you know, the ones that we can keep and replace the ones that we can't than just fucking scrap it all and, and just replace everything. Even if that means they have to bend some of the storylines that they've set up and maybe have a plot hole here or there, like, say, like Fox had to do, um, you know, to to make good movies with their universe. Um, like, I would rather them do that than just say, um, well, you know, Dow's gone and, you know, uh, Margot Robbie's gone, Will Smith's gone, like all of these actors who we thought were, were brilliantly cast are now gone. So uh, I, I would be totally fine with that. I think the Fox example is a very good example of the potential of what we could see happen, of ignoring certain things or changing aspects through time, you know, whether it be a flashpoint or a crisis, to make sense of everything. Uh, but, yeah, I think I think what it really comes down to is, the box office success of Wonder Woman and Aquaman. They're the, if, if we're to say that they're kind of at the brink of should we restart things as an actual reboot, it would probably be – if they don't do that well or they don't do as well as Warner Bros. just hoping, I think they'll just say, fuck it, we'll do these movies, and then we'll see what happens in a couple of years. But, but Kanan, yeah. same question. If they decide to – you know, if, if Aquaman and Wonder Woman do well and they keep them, but they keep their movies self-contained to the movies themselves, don't really involve each other, uh, reintroduce the Batman with the new Batman actor and stuff like that, um, and then potentially in the future try to do another team-up but ignore 
kind of like what Nick said with the example of the Fox thing, ignore or, or correct certain things that have happened. Would you be okay with that, or are you someone that's like, reboot it, or can we just keep the fucking continuity? Well, I, I mean, it's going to be hard to keep. Um, I think you can keep the continuity uh, to some degree, even if you have to recast Cavill and, and Affleck. Um, I think there's ways around that. Um, they might, I mean, I'm not necessarily saying that they have to do uh, Flashpoint or anything like that, but you could always reintroduce Superman and Batman um, as kind of their own, you know, as their multiverse counterpart. I mean, where they're brought into uh, the DCU because you can have the Batman movie come out with a new Batman. It'd be its own thing. Uh, then you can introduce a new Superman, um, you know, in a, in a movie after the flash or, you know, sometimes, you know, some, some way before, maybe you have uh, a Superman uh in the Supergirl movie, because they said it would go from past to present. So maybe you introduce Superman there. Uh, and then those those movies are self-contained. They're solo. Uh, and then they kind of just bleed over into it. They could be, you know, their own, like I said, multiverse. And then they all come in uh, to one film. Um, I just, I think if you reboot it, then you're almost, you're almost killing everything that they've, that they're planning to do now. Uh, so I, I just think that you just recast, you know, like uh, Nick said, you know, you just find a way to explain it or you just go on about business. Uh, I mean, Ben, the Batman won't look like Ben Affleck, but I mean, it's still Batman. They just, they just carry on and, and they go with it. They just, they know about all those events. It's just not Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that, the, the biggest issue that they uh, that they face is what Dane was saying is like see how these movies do in um you know in the box office and kind of like move accordingly. Let's say Aquaman does but Shazam doesn't. Let's say Shazam doesn't do well but it, but Wonder Woman does. What predicament do you put yourself in in there? Like do you can do, you do Aquaman two, Wonder Woman three, or do you just say no? Let's just let's let's move away from it. Like you know you know what I'm saying? You were saying something. I don't think Shazam. I agree with you on everything that you just said, but I don't even know if Shazam is a factor in it. Um, I think that Wonder Woman and Aquaman definitely are because they're the ones that directly have a connection with Justice League, with the Henry Cavill, Superman, the Ben Affleck, Batman. But Shazam, it's, it's kind of like the Joker in a sense, the new one from, from – um, I keep on saying Scorsese. It's not Scorsese Joker. Phillips Joker solo movie that's coming out. It might be like that. Like, yeah, we know there's a Superman-Batman influence within the trailers, but it's not necessarily the Cavill and the – Affleck one, I think the main thing of them rebooting lies on the backs of Wonder Woman 2 and Aquaman, is what I would assume. Yeah, yeah I, I agree, and and I also like, I and I think I kind of like alluded to it earlier, and Kanan touched on it again, like, I don't think you, like, I don't think you necessarily have to reboot. Like, you can just recast. You don't have to acknowledge it. You don't have to, to make it part of your plot point or storyline to to say these are other like different universes, uh, like a Batman from a different universe and a and a Superman from a different universe. Like you can you can just recast and and have somebody who isn't going to look exactly like Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck 
and just keep going. Like, I mean, I don't, I really don't think that's a big deal. I mean, I know it was a lot earlier on, but I mean, they got away with it in Marvel with one of their really big characters in the Hulk um, and one of their lesser characters, um, you know, with Rhodey. So like, you know, I don't, I don't think you really have to address it. I think you're just like, Hey, like we recast it's same. It's the same character. It's just going to be a different actor and just go forward. I mean, when they did when they did it with um, you know the the um, Burton verse and they moved away from the Burton verse and went to the Schumacher verse, um, like I, I I always felt like that was the same character even though it was like like gravely different uh, uh, like directing and cinematography and everything like they really I mean they made it a point not to like you know, rehash the Joker, you know, they use new villains and, and, and still built on the character. So, it, I mean, it still felt like even though we had three different people portray the role, it really felt like those four Batman movies still went together in a sense, you know? Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. It, it's an easy transition for them to, to go into. I think the biggest issue that, that a lot of us are facing is they're tiptoeing into it. Don't tiptoe into it. If Ben is saying he's done, let him be done. Work on recasting. If Henry and you can't agree and you want to move forward, recast him. Like, the longer you wait, the longer that we're just going to grow tired of hearing numerous reports on and off. And then Henry making a post and saying something. And then Ben looking like he's heading in to do workout for Batman. Like, it's just it's so many things that at this point we're just like, just make up your mind. Like, we're fine either way. I mean, if this were, like, two, three years ago, it'd be like, all right, listen, you're losing Cavill and Ben. Like, what's going on? We're now at a point to where I think a lot of us just don't care. Just do something. Do something. Make up your mind. Move forward so we can say, okay, this is our Superman. That's our Batman. We can look forward to these movies. That is all we want. And I don't see why that's so difficult for them to just do. Just make up your mind. That's it. Just make up your mind. And what you were saying about from um, the Incredible Hulk movie to the Avengers, that transition, that was smooth and not not explained. It, it didn't work. It was perfect. And I think DC could do the same thing. You just have to kind of hurry up and do it because the longer you kind of leave speculation to build and all that, you're just going to grow tiresome. <laughs> it's now to where that Edward Norton to um, Mark Ruffalo transition, I don't even recall it being that long of a process. I recall it being Edward Norton wanted something, Marvel was not willing to give. Moved on. Boom. Done. Like, just do that. Please. God. Please. You know what? <laughs> Go ahead. You know what, Juwan? I wonder, I wonder if that's what happened inevitably with Henry Cavill. I wonder if Henry, when renegotiating, basically even if he wasn't asking for that much, Warner Brothers were like, we're not going to fucking pay you to play Superman. Sorry, you're not worth it. And if it's a situation like that, which I don't know if that was the Ed Norton Hulk thing. I think there was a lot more animosity uh, with the whole making of that film. But with Cavill, I'm trying to figure out. With with Ben Affleck, we know about his whole entire like TMZ report on his life right now. But unfortunately, with Henry Cavill, we don't. I'm just wondering if that's what it was. He he thought he deserved maybe creative control, more money, and Warner Brothers said, fuck it, we'll just find someone else eventually. Yeah, well, I mean, that was let's not forget, that was one of the biggest issues with Edward North. Um, he did want some control, and he did want to be one of the the faces of the Marvel Universe going forward. Like, he didn't want to be one of those guys. 
Like, Mark Ruffalo, as much as we love him, he is a backseat to, obviously, Chris Evans and Robert. Um, he wanted editing. Seen... He wanted editing yeah, control is what – that was the big sorry. fallout. He wanted, like – yeah, yeah, he wanted – Norton wanted, like, the ability to, like, have essentially, like, control in the editing room, um, which was, like, essentially the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Who the fuck told you oh, that, Tyler Durden? I was um I was hearing Nick that uh, he didn't like the idea of being like a second bill. Um, no, I mean it, that be... might that might have played a factor too. But like he definitely like he's he's like a really good editor. He actually did the editing on American History X after their editor dropped out and got like a taste mm-hmm. for it, um, and then like has done editing for various different movies that he's worked on, and like that's one of the things that he wanted like, going forward, and Marvel was not willing to be like, yeah, we'll give you, like, editing control. Um, obviously, for obvious reasons, they're tying things into a bigger universe, um, and that's just something that they were like, especially and especially for, like, a character um, that, you know, they didn't feel like was a necessity, you know what I mean? Right. I mean, I will say, I feel like in the Henry Cavill situation, Dane, to kind of answer uh, what you were saying before, I kind of feel like Henry is you know, has sat back and was like, all right, Man of Steel, BVS, Justice League. I don't really like how, you know, you guys have made my Superman look. So when we do this sequel, I want to be in control of how my Superman is portrayed. I want to be in control of the story. I want to be in control of all that. Um, So pretty much being somewhat of like an executive producer. And the reason why I – go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, I was just really quickly – and and the fact that they gave that to Margot Robbie after one movie, um, I I would have demanded the same thing if I was Henry Cavill. I would have been like, yo, you gave her you gave her producer like nods after yep. one movie of playing uh, Harley Quinn in a team up movie, um, and I've portrayed this character in my own solo movie and in two, um, you know, team up movies basically. Um, so yeah, I want that too. Like I want I want you know. Yeah some kind of creative control as far as the producer. And let's not forget, Ben has a credit as a producer also, I believe, for Justice League. Um, so it's one of those things where it's like Henry's like, I just want control over this character that I've been portraying, and I've been doing for you guys without saying anything. That whole right. face, face gate, that was horrible. He said nothing, nothing you know, uh, malicious about it. The whole way that he took a backseat to Ben – and what was supposed to be his sequel, he said nothing about it. Um, and it's just like you can't keep having someone who is who's okay going to work while you completely spit in their face every day. I'm not saying, like, that's what they were doing. But, like, you keep doing these things that just aren't good for their character. And they're just finally like, all right, well, listen, when I get my solo movie, I want to kind of have – I want to kind of dictate what happens with my character. And I think, Dane, I think with – broke the camel's back uh, with negotiations, I don't think it was – I don't think the money is what broke the back. I think the money is what made them go, ah. And then he was like, I want creative control. They were just like, ah, no. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to give you creative control. I think I want whoever comes in to make the Superman that we're okay with, and you just portray him. Uh, because I find it hard to believe that you aren't paying Will Smith a lot, that you aren't paying Margot Robbie a lot and that you weren't paying Ben Affleck a lot. So I don't think money is ever something that is just like, 
no, 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 we can't pay that. Because I find it hard to believe Will Smith wasn't asking for crazy money, Margo isn't asking for crazy money, and Ben, ben. when he originally came on, wasn't asking for crazy money, especially coming off of an Oscar. So I believe that the biggest thing was the creative control and how much control Henry wanted. Warner Brothers was just like, we maybe feel like we don't need you. <laughs> so it's like, you can take all that, and you can go that way, and we'll go this way. Um, just, just to kind of to give my thoughts on, on what you're asking, Dane, as far as well, like, I, what could it have been. I, I think that it's, it's in, you know, uh, Nick's not going to get this reference, but it, he, Henry Cavill is basically Finn Balor, if you will. Like, if Finn Balor goes nope, to Vince McMahon and says, hey, you're, you're not using me correctly. You're not using me enough on television. I am a much bigger superstar. My merch does really well. I want more of an increase in pay, and I also want more creative control. Vince is going to be like, all right, go back to New Japan. Take a hike. Go fuck yourself. So, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, don't, I don't know who they find to play another Superman. I love Henry Cavill, but – there is someone else. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Chris Evans will pull a giant Damon and go to the fucking Yankees and play Superman. I have no idea. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Hey, I, nice work reference. <laughs> I will say this, Dane. What we can do moving forward is pay very close attention to their castings going forward, like if they do sign on a Tom Cruise to portray Hal Jordan. Everything Henry Cowell is asking for, I can almost guarantee you, Tom Cruise will be asking for about the same thing. He'll want control on what's happening with, with Hal Jordan he'll going forward. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he'll want more than that, probably. Yeah, so it's like if you he'll want if, their I first mean, born. Time out. By, by no means am I comparing the actors, because I know people listening are going to go yeah. bananas. I'm not comparing the actors. I'm just saying, to me, I'm always the guy that if it works for one, it works forever. So Henry Cavill has been there doing, the, I, I'm going to say doing the dirty work, because if there's anyone who should be out there just sullying the name of Warner Brothers. It should be Henry. Uh, the man has <laughs> yeah. just taken as much as he possibly can from this company uh, as far as taking back seats, uh, obviously not being paid what he wants, having his portrayal on screen just be uh, a joke, a meme. Like, he's taken all that on the chin. So if he's asking for more control and more money, I think it's something that you should work out. Maybe tell him, listen, we can't pay this X amount, but we'll give you control. So we'll pay you this level and give you control, but we can do both. Like, just work something out because he desperately wants to be Superman, and you guys just seem like anything he brings to you, you're just like, nope, 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 nope. So to me, that's why I said let's pay attention to casting going forward um, because best believe if this Aquaman movie is a hit, depending on what the contract is for Momoa, I'm pretty sure his contract is, is going gonna, is gonna to take a, a bit of a spike. Um, if they do decide to do uh, a trilogy for Aquaman. So it's going to be interesting seeing how contracts go for whether it's new casting or the castings that you already have but maybe weren't tied down for X amount of movies. So it'll be interesting because if I'm Warner Brothers, I would just – I'd work something out with Henry to where I'm like, look, we'll pay this X amount. Sorry, it's not what you wanted, but we'll pay that. But we'll give you control. That way – you get something out of it. So we're not just completely screwing you over yet again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I'm getting a headache all over again. Kane, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we move on. In five years, Go ahead, Dan, John Cena is going to be Superman. I said in five years, John Cena is going to be Superman. 
Oh, God. Probably. 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 <laughs> uh, setting up another WrestleMania of him versus The Rock. Probably. Um, but, Kanan, before we move forward, uh, did you want to add anything else on this whole DC topic about everything that we were uh, saying before? Uh, no, I think everything's been said. <laughs> Kanan's just like, damn, oh, man, no. I can't take any Silent of that. I'm good. And the silent um, assassin is back. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a little under eight minutes, so I want us to kind of be time, time aware and uh, kind of go through this kind of somewhat quickly. Um, I do want to discuss this with you guys. Disney apparently is looking to hire a female director for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I love it. I'm completely fine with it. I'm I'm uh, a fan of more women directing. Patty Jenkins, I think, kind of the mold of having females direct these huge, huge budgeted films. Um, so I'd be completely fine with it. My only question is, if you're keeping the script, as the director, do you get any say in reworking the script in case there's some things that, like, you maybe don't like? Um, Dane, I'm going to go to you first. What are your thoughts on uh, Disney looking for a female director to replace James Gunn? And do you think that if they do hire, well, whoever they decide to hire, do you think they're going to force them to stick with that James Gunn script? Um, I, well, to save face with friggin' Batista, they better. You know, or he's going to get <laughs> like fucking Baines or DC. Shit. He might beat up Triple H on television. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think they're going to use a script. Uh, they might rework it and revise it. But I don't have the problem, you know, if they want to go out of their way to make sure they find a female director to have this. Uh, I know that she's very popular, but I think that Catherine Bigelow would, would destroy this in a very positive manner. Because uh, she's able to handle big temple, but also has done obviously smaller condensed films. She's a good director all around. Um, just whatever, best director for the job. But also, you know, there are a lot of female directors out there that bust their ass, make great films, and if they want to find the appropriate one for Guardians of the Galaxy three, with or without James Gunn's script, Dave Batista. Sorry, don't beat my ass. Then great, fucking do it. Yeah. I mean, that's where I'm at with it. I, I'm huge against directors having the freedom uh, to work movies and scripts how they please, not being handcuffed into doing what the previous person left. Um, but, Kanan, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on a female director for Guardians 3? And uh, do you think that they should force her to stick to James Gunn's script? Well, let me start off by saying that all of this news is just a big rumor. Like, none of it's been confirmed. So Disney, I think, is looking at all avenues for someone to come in. So it could be a male. It could be a female. I mean, it's the whole thing right now is you know, about them just looking for a female is just a rumor. Like I said, it's not been confirmed. But I think there would be some major script changes if a female were to take on that movie because – Let's face it, uh, I mean, unless they got somebody that kind of was in that same wheelhouse as James Gunn that, that uh, you know, liked that sense of humor because a lot of people had issues with the jokes and uh, the constant badgering of Mantis in, in part two. A lot of people felt like they were shaming her and, you know, I just don't see a woman coming on and kind of going – I think there would be a much different tone for Guardians 3 if a, if a female did it. But, I mean – 
I'm all for, you know, a woman directing any movie. I think that's fine. Uh, but as far as the script goes, because that's what you asked, no, I, I honestly do not think they would use the script. Uh, parts of it maybe, but I, I don't see it, them using the entire script. I think a lot would be changed. Yeah, no, I, I agree on that point. Uh, Nick, uh, finalizing with you, brother, what are your thoughts on a female being speculated to be brought in for Guardians 3? And do you think that they should hold whoever the next director is to honoring that James Gunn script? Uh, your first question, I love the idea of uh, them getting a female director, if that's the direction that they end up going. Um, and, you know, I mean, I know a lot of our um, a lot of our listeners and a lot of people on our Geek Vibe stage will, will inevitably say, like, just hire the best person. Just hire the best person for the job. Like, you don't have to give it to a woman just because she's a woman. Hire the best person for the job. Well, I get that. I understand the sentiment. But, like... For any given movie, especially one with a script provided, um, there's going to be any number of like 20, 30, 40 people that are qualified for the job. Why not give it to the woman? Um, yeah. So we, I mean, we need a lot more women um, represented behind the camera um, because let's face it, they make up more than 50% of our population, and they don't get that kind of um, representation behind the camera. So I absolutely love the idea. I think it would be um, a a great idea for Marvel to do um, uh, and Disney, and I also think it would just be um, a great opportunity um, for a a female director. I hope it's it's somebody who has done some lower, like some smaller budget stuff that hasn't really had um, some, some, uh, like, huge projects yet. So, you you know, you you could help craft a career out of it. Um, like, I think that would be uh, something that I would really look forward to, i.e. Patty Jenkins. Obviously, she had done the film Monster, um, was kind of her claim to fame before she did um, uh, Wonder Woman, and that has really, like, upped her stock, and she probably can get any assortment of films now. And that's great. That's awesome. And I would, I would hope that that kind of same model would be um, put into place if they choose um, a female director uh, for this movie, which I very much hope they do, um, given um, this uh, this rumor story or whatever. Um, as far as will they have to change the script? Um, no, I don't. I don't think so. Um, I think uh, essentially, like anything that uh, they they wouldn't hire somebody if if she was going to be like or he, or anybody, if they wanted to use that script and this person came in and was like, yeah, no, I'm going to need to change like this whole script. It's like, no, we're not, okay, well, you're not the right person for it. Like, obviously, all of that's going to be negotiated before they hire the person because the script's already there. It's not a situation where, you know, they're hiring somebody as a script's being written and then, you know, the script gets turned in and then the director, like the script's already there. So the, whoever they're potentially hiring will have every opportunity to read the script and see the things they like. Will there be a few changes here or there? I'm sure. Um, Cause there always is. Um, but I don't think there's going to be any sort of mass changes, <coughs> excuse me, from the script yeah. because I think they'll iron that out in the negotiation process for whomever they hire as the director. Yes, no, I, I think we all agree that if changes need to be made, give them the freedom. Uh, but we're all for a female director. 
Um, guys, we had an amazing episode today. Huge shout out to Joel, who could not be here today, but we'll be back next week. Um, thank you guys so much for listening to an all new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Stay tuned. We will be doing a separate review for Daredevil uh, season three. Me and Nick have finished it, so stay tuned for me and him to completely review it. Uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will see you same time, same place next week. Peace. Fuck you, hey, loves. This is Cal Dodd. You're now listening to Geek Vibes Live. <laughs>